Hello, hello, and thank you today for joining me for another wonderful teaching from the Word of the Lord. I'm teaching today on the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. And what does it mean biblically? What did the Lord mean by that? So much information about this. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your blessed word. Where would we be without your precious word? Now, Lord, bless your people and strengthen your people today in the faith. Make them unmovable, unshakable. Meet every need in their life for your glory. Wonderful Jesus. And God's people said, amen, amen. And thank you for being my wonderful partner. Now, let's go to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to read verse 13 together. Well, the Lord says, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth, or thenceforth, good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Now, salt in the natural world is for seasoning and for preservation. It preserves food. Um, the Lord here is saying something powerful. He's saying that the earth is corrupt, but you, the church, you, the saints, are the salt of the earth. You are the preservatives of the earth. Now, that does not mean that salt is the final solution to decay. What salt does, it, it simply delays the process of decay. So it doesn't remove it, it delays the process. So as salt, we are not a human improvement society. We are to evangelize the world, not to Christianize the world. I'm going to say it again. We are to evangelize the world, not to Christianize the world. The Bible says something very powerful to us in Acts 15. You know, a lot of people have tried in the past to Christianize the world and they failed because that will not happen till the Lord himself returns to earth. One man, Dawiba, back years ago in uh, Illinois, uh, started a city called Zion, Illinois to Christianize that, that, that area. And today it's still there, but it's not Christianized, is it? So. In Acts 15, verse 14, the Bible says, Simon, or Peter, have declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. So the Lord, it's very, very clear here, uh, wants to take us out <laughs> of the world to, to live in his kingdom, and that doesn't mean we're not in it, we're just not off the world. But anyways, so it's very clear also that the world as we know it is, is really under judgment. The Bible makes it very, very clear in Revelation 17 and 18 is that Babylon will be judged. So we are to evangelize the world. Now, we're not looking for paradise on earth because this earth, as we know from the world, will be destroyed one day. That's in 2 Peter 3 verse 10 through 13, where it says very clearly that the world as we know, this planet will be destroyed. Uh, in Philippians 3.20, the Bible tells us we are citizens of heaven, not of the earth. So we are the salt of the earth. That is, we are to restrain 
and oppose sin. That is Christian salt. So, uh, give you a quick story. A Christian man was working for a, an unbelieving man, and the unbelieving boss had a phone call. So the Christian man came to his boss one day, who was not a believer, and said, you are wanted on the phone to the boss. The unbelieving boss said, simply tell them I'm out of the office. I'm not here. So the Christian man picked up the phone again and said, I'm sorry, but the boss says he's out of the office. <laughs> you know what happened then. Uh, they never asked him to, to, to answer the, the phone again. Uh, because, see, this Christian man was salt. And salt was, you know, saying no compromise. I'm not going to lie for you. So if you tell me to tell them you're not in the office, I'll just say my boss says he's not in the office. So that is being the salt of the earth. And what I understand from there on, this man was never asked to uh, you know, answer the phone again. So with, with, with salt, there, there is no compromise. So as salt, we become society's conscience. That's what we become. Salt is the conscience of society. Now, I want to just deal with something here uh, uh, very quickly. Um, social changes on earth have always followed, have always followed a spiritual awakening in the church. So uh, it's, it's important for social changes to happen, but uh, social action, social action is an individual's matter. We believers are called to live the life of a Christian and let our influence change society. Let our light shine among men. Let our salt influence society. So Jesus told us to, to let the world see our good works. And that's how we become salt. So let's go to Matthew chapter 5. Now I know you know some people don't like probably that I've said that, but we ought to let our light bring the change to them. You know, it's the difference between when, when uh, Richard Nixon was interviewed one time about the difference be between communism and liberty. He said, well, he said, communism says, change the surroundings of a man, you'll change the man, while liberty says, change the man, you'll change the surroundings. So when God changes our hearts, and this is a powerful thing he says, that the communists have always believed you change the surroundings, you change the man. Well, liberty's always said, if you change the man, you'll change what is around him. And that's what God says too. And that's why Jesus came to change our hearts. And by changing our life and hearts, now his light shines through us and those around us will also change. So um, Jesus said to us 
show them your good works. So let's read verse 16 of Matthew 5. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works, your good works, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So Paul said the same thing to us, and that's how our salt works. Let's go to Titus, Titus uh, chapter 3, and let's look at verse 8, and also verse 14. It says, this is a faithful saying, and these things I will affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain what? Good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. And then in verse 14 he says, And let ours also learn to maintain good works, good works, for necessary uses, that they be not unfruitful. So by good works, the salt in us is influencing people's lives. But, but how does it work in us? How, how does it work? How, how, how does it work spiritually? Well, um, how could salt have any effect if it has the same nature, let's say, as meat? Um, because then salt would be subject to corruption. So salt doesn't have the same nature as meat. Meat is subject to corruption, while salt delays corruption. Salt preserves the meat to stay longer. So unbelievers, like meat, like food, are subject to corruption. We, the church, are not subject to corruption because we are the salt of the earth. So the Lord Jesus did not say, try to be salt. He said, you are the salt of the earth. You don't have to try to be salt. You are the preserver. You are the ones who can delay corruption in someone's life. So the Lord uh, told us very clearly. He said, but if you lose your, your saltness, it's good for nothing then, right? So what, what is to lose our saltness? Well, to lose our saltness, means to lose our influence. Now, I read somewhere that uh, salt loses its saltness when it becomes diluted, excessive dilution, they say. Excessive dilution means when it's diluted over and over and over with other things. With other things, it loses its saltness. Um, Sometimes when you eat food that is salty, sometimes I'll, I'll wash it with water over and over and over until the salt goes out. So that's what it means. It means excessive uh, diluting or dilution where you are taking the salt out, but it's a process. And we believers can lose our saltness when we allow things from the world to take the salt out of us slowly. So this is what we have to, to be careful of. Uh, the Lord told us to evangelize and make disciples. Evangelize and make and make disciples in His holy name. Now we have we we have many converts, but few disciples. 
So we're to evangelize and make disciples. Well, if you look at the church today, we have many converts, but we don't have many disciples who are living the kind of life of a disciple to influence others with the life of a believer. Because the disciple is true salt. So we have, we have to make, let me just explain something to you. Um, we, we have to make contact with others, yet not be a part of the things they do. Um, when, when, when I go to the store, and I go, I like sometimes to go, and I used to do that uh, back when I lived in Cali. I used to like to go and buy fresh fish sometimes. And in some places you would see salt on the fish to preserve it. You have to put the salt on the fish to delay the process of corruption. But the salt is not the fish, and the fish is not the salt. So, uh, we believers have got to make contact with the unbeliever to let our light shine so they can see it, to let our salt have influence but not see it. Um, the Lord, uh, in, in, in Matthew, and, and we see this in the life of, of Jesus, the balance, the balance is so beautiful. Let's look at Matthew 11, and let's look at verse, verse 19. And in verse 19, it says what? The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a man gluttonous, and a friend of publicans. In other words, a friend of sinners. So the Lord Jesus was a friend of sinners, but Hebrews 7.12 says he was separated from sinners. You see the balance. And let's look at Hebrews. Let's look at Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 7, verse, verse 26. This gives us a, a clear-cut direction. How do we influence the unbeliever? We don't influence the unbeliever by doing the things they do. So the Lord was the friend of sinners, the friend of publicans. We just saw that in Matthew eleven nineteen. But yet Hebrews 7, 26 says, for such a high priest became ours, or became us, who is holy, or was fitting for us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. So the Lord Jesus, on one hand, when he walked the earth, was the friend of sinners, but in Hebrews, he was separate from sinners. And that's our example then, that we are to be friend to sinners, but not associate with them to do the, what they do and love what they love. That, that is where the separation comes. So I pray the Lord today will really uh, use you in a powerful way to be the salt of the earth, to be that force that uh, you're the seasoning in the world, you are the preservation power in the world to your neighbors, especially to your family, who are not born again, where your light will shine, 
your saltness will come out. And tomorrow, by the way, I'll be, I'll be teaching on what it means to be the light, like you are the light of the world. Well, the Lord, you are the light of the world, he said. So it's, it's important to understand that. And I'll give you a little, a little hint on it here, a little thing that I'll talk more about tomorrow. The Lord Jesus said that he is the light of the world in John. He said, I am the light of the world. But then he says in Matthew to us, you are the light of the world. So you have to, to, uh, to ask, uh, what does that totally mean? Jesus is the light of the world, and I'm the light of, of the world? No, that's not what the, what the Bible teaches. What the Bible really teaches is we borrow his light to show to the world. We are light borrowers, like the sun and the moon, you know? The sun is light, and the moon borrows its light. And that's what the Bible means by that. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. It's very, very powerful. Because the Bible says to us, we are light in the Lord. We're not light in ourselves. We are light in the Lord. So we are salt in the Lord. We are not salt in ourselves. He is the, the life in us. It's his life in us that brings the salt out. And like I said, seasoning and preservation. The, the, the decay will slow down because of our light and our salt coming out as a witness to individuals out there. But I'm going to talk more about that tomorrow to help you understand it more. But now I want to pray with you. Precious Lord, your word declares you are the salt of the earth. You said that to us as your people, that we are the salt of the earth, Lord. And Lord, we don't want to lose that saltness in us. Your word says, have salt in yourselves. Have the seasoning of heaven in yourselves. Have the power of heaven in your life. Now, Lord God, I pray everyone listening today will be that mighty influence of righteousness and your power will flow out of them that others, Lord, will see you in them, in your blessed and glorious name, Jesus. Amen and amen. I want to spend a few moments with you just for the next few minutes to talk about what is going on today on the earth. And then I'm going to say goodbye. The changes happening around us are massive changes. Last night I was... Uh, uh, looking at what's going on in Israel today, the elections are coming up in November, and that could very well change the whole Middle East as we know it, and it could even affect many parts of the world, because Israel, economically, technologically, and in many ways, changes and affects many nations, not only the Arab world. Israel can affect India's economy, Israel can affect Europe's economy. Israel can affect America's economy through what's happening in their economy because now they're giving their economy away, selling their economy away to the world, whether in agriculture or military or other things. And things today are, are speeding up, I believe, in Israel to make Israel possibly the safest nation on earth and the most blessed nation on earth. And God is going to glorify his name in a very mighty way. This is why we read in Ezekiel 38 that the, that 
Gog and Magog and their allies with Iran will invade Israel for the spoil. They're, they're looking for the things that will make them wealthier as a nation. So we are coming very rapidly to Ezekiel 38 being fulfilled. There's much talk about that out there. And I truly believe we have just seen the beginning of Ezekiel 38 recently when uh, Iran and Russia uh, met together. So it's, it's, it's moving rapidly. These are shocking, shocking prophetic events happening before us. At the same time, we're seeing the decline of the United States of America as a world power, as an influence in the world. And we don't know what's going to happen with that. We pray, we're all praying very much, praying that God will keep this nation strong. And now we're coming to the midterm elections uh, just shortly in November. That could change how this country will go on. And we all need to pray for this coming election in this country called the midterm elections. So there's a lot of things happening and much is happening also in Europe today. Uh, the change is happening because of the war with the Ukraine and the other troubles happening uh, with the EU. That these changes can happen with, without warning so fast. This is the time we really need to be the salt of the earth more than ever. I'm talking to people right now all over the world. Let your light shine. And tomorrow we're going to talk about what that really means. Like, how do you let your light shine? Okay? And I'll give you a, a, just a quick example. Sun and moon. The sun gives the light, sorry, the moon gives the light of the sun. So we are, as believers, to bring the light of Jesus to the world. And there's a whole lot more on this that I just don't want you missing tomorrow. But I pray that God will use you whether you live in the Middle East, whether you live in Europe, India, Asia, whether you live in the United States, in Canada, Central, South America, the changes are going to affect the whole globe, the whole globe in a massive way. And, and God's going to use you. The remnant is being put together right now. Yes, there is a great falling away, but there's coming together an amazing remnant that God's going to use in the coming days. Lord, use them, anoint them, Glorify your name through them in your holy and blessed name, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. It's time to give to the Lord's work. It's time to sow seed and say thank you. It's time to say, Lord, you can trust me with more in the future financially. I'm proving myself faithful to you in giving. A faithful man will abound, will abound future, will abound with God's blessings. So as you give, remember the promises. If you sow, you reap. If you sow little, you reap little. If you sow much, you will reap much. But when you sow, thank the Lord for the harvest coming. Thank him, praise him in advance. Surround that seed with faith. Have your expectations high. Believe God for the greatest future ever because your future is greater than your past. Amen. Okay, you can give on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, benhin.org. You can text BHM4577. Tomorrow I'm going to spend a little more time teaching on you are the light of the world. Very powerful teaching. I'll see you then. And thank you for being my wonderful part.